Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Well, I'd be pretty careful throwing around your logic like that, Gavin. I'm not even entirely sure that you exist. Ass. The following podcast contains... Hey, so dirty. It's no wonder no one listens to your show, David. It's awful. It's awful. So much cursing and the Schwanz jokes. No one wants to hear that. Shaggy Green never needed to work blue. Neither do you. People will like you for you. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When I had to be born on a planet and you put me on this one, what the hell were you thinking, universe? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 280, Get Me the Hell Out of Here, part one, Flight Options, where we examine our opportunities for relocation from this hellhole planet. Stay tuned. Hello, What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by the Colonial Lottery, your best chance for a better tomorrow. We all know that Earth's best days are behind us and life on this planet has an expiration date. Why not try life in the uncharted colonies? Register today with the Colonial Administration for your chance to live amongst the stars. Even you, yes you, with no special skills or knowledge, could win a coveted slot on one of our deep sleep colony ships to the Proxima system and a new life on Proxima B. Why spend another day living in your allotment of soy and water when you and your family could be a part of the future of humanity with the Colonial Lottery? Simply neurosynth link into our node colonialadmin.um and register now. You could be on your way to the future of humanity. Odds of winning 1 in 10 billion. Winner must submit DNA profiles for genetic adapt- adaptability markers. Not all who qualify will be placed on colony ships, but be entered to a list of potential candidates for inclusion on some future date. Synth link the colonial admin node for full details. <laughs> Finally, a peaceful moment to conclude this tape. There would be Lothario Pierce, sound sleep, and the 38-hour day is done. Now, mother and dad, I will put this as eloquently and succinctly as possible. Get me the hell out of here! So clearly... There are a lot of things I could be talking about this week. If you're catching this in the distant future or you're a researcher sifting the archives of humanity after the fall, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died and she will be replaced by, I don't know, the prettiest Nazi in the Reich pageant. The president is examining ways to invalidate the election when he loses and said openly in a press conference the following. Well, we're going to have to see what happens. You know that I've been complaining very strongly about the ballots and the ballots are a disaster. I and, understand that, but and, people are rioting. Do you oh, commit no, to making no, sure that there's a no, peaceful wanna, transfer of power? We want to have get rid of the ballots, and you'll have a very trans. We'll have a very peaceful. There won't be a transfer, frankly. There'll be a continuation. Uh, the ballots are out of control. You know it. 
And you know who knows it better than anybody else? The Democrats know it better than anybody else. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And if I were to get into these things in any detail, well, I'm fairly certain I would just break down into a screaming fit of profanity, which might be entertaining to some loyal listeners, but uh, I'm also certain it would end with a call to overthrow the government of the United States, and that's the sort of thing that can get a fellow in trouble. So, uh, I will not be discussing these issues other than to maybe reference them obliquely as reasons why I'm wanting to get the fuck off this stupid planet. Now, this is not a new fascination for me. I, I've wanted to be a Terran expat since I was a kid. In the beginning, I thought I wanted to live in the Shire, which as a country boy seemed rather idyllic, but as I, I grew older, I realized that it would be incredibly fucking boring to live in Hobbiton. I feel like I'm back at the Green Dragon. Imagine spending your entire life talking to people who thought root vegetables were fucking entertaining bar talk. If I wanted to do that, I would have stayed in Idaho. So, by the time I hit my teens, I knew that a fantasy life wasn't the life for me, and if I was going to go, it would have to be on, into space. And if I was going to go in space, there was only one man that I would choose to go into space with, Ford Prefect. He struck most of the friends he had made on Earth as an eccentric, but a harmless one, an unruly boozer with some oddish habits. Sometimes he would get seized with oddly distracted moods and stare into the sky as if hypnotized until someone asked him what he was doing. Then he would start guiltily for a moment, relax and grin. Oh, just looking for flying saucers, he would joke, and everyone would laugh and ask him what sort of flying saucers he was looking for. Green ones, he would reply with a wicked grin, laugh wildly for a moment and then suddenly lunge for the nearest bar and buy an enormous round of drinks. I figured Ford and I would hook up, he would whip out his electronic thumb, we would hitch a lift on a teaser, and be a Barnard star and onto a life of fun and exotic drinks in a flash. And unlike that stodgy stick Arthur Dent, I would embrace the life of an interstellar hitchhiker, seeing the wonders of the universe for less than 30 Alterian dollars a day, and never, ever come home. It's probably not unusual for a dreamy kid to living in the crusty shithole of a flyover to dream of escaping to another planet. I mean, when you're stuck in the ass end of nowhere, anywhere, even the crew quarters of a Vogon constructor ship is better than where you are right now. You won't need the guide to tell us just how unpleasant the Vogons can be. Unfortunately, Ford Prefect was a work of fiction, and uh, I wasn't going to get a lift on a passing starship, so I had to do it myself, which is how I wound up in New York City, actually, which is close to an alien planet as you can get without actually leaving the gravity well. And again, what I'm doing here is trying very, very hard not to talk about current events, which include things like, I don't know, say... Mountains erupted, earthquakes, raging fires... Which no one is doing anything about. So I decided I would look into what it would actually take for me and you and all the rest of us to leave this planet behind and, uh... Say we're gonna ditch this bitch. You in? And that is what I do instead of dwelling on the brutal aspects of reality today. This naturally led me to Drake's equation. I don't even like Drake. You don't like the Drake? I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Because if you're going to leave this planet, you will need two things. Another planet to go to and a ride to get there. Seeing as our shitty planet hasn't bothered to figure out how to even so much as keep our spaceships from blowing up randomly. 
see last week's episode. What is uh, Drake's equation, you might ask? Is that a uh, Drake's copycat? No, 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 it's a completely different Drake. Frank Drake, the astronomer and astrophysicist who wrote out a sort of theoretical roadmap for how many intelligent civilizations there might be in our galaxy way back in 1961. Now, uh, Drake's equation isn't anything that could be considered factual. It's a speculative device to wrap your mind around the unknowable question with an unknowable answer. Like Jesus. So it, uh, it goes a little something like this. You've got N. And N is the number of civilizations in the Milky Way galaxy that might have developed to the point of detectable evidence of their existence. In this case, electromagnetic emissions like, you know, radio waves. To solve for N, we need to first answer our asterisks. Why is math so hard? Because if it were easy, anyone could do it. Now, our asterisk is the rate of formation of stars suitable for the development of intelligent life. Because some stars are just too big and shit for life as we understand it to develop. So you can only count those stars like ours, which have a habitable zone. Next, you have to determine FP. How many of those stars have planets around them? Then you need to calculate FL, the number of those planets that actually have any kind of life on them, followed by FC, the fraction of those planets that have intelligent life on them. You with me? Uh, you with me so far here? Nope. Mm -mm. Now. Nope. Good, because I'm just winging this shit as I go. Finally, you'll need to calculate for L, which is how long said intelligent life emits detectable radiation out into the universe. Now, once you calculate all those numbers, you will have in, and that is hypothetically the number of potential intelligent species in our galaxy. So how many altogether? Oh, none. Which, uh, this clip that I'm about to play for you right now will explain why. The universe. Some information to help you live in it. One. Area. Infinite. As far as anyone can make out. Population. None. It is known that there are an infinite number of worlds, but that not everyone is inhabited. Therefore, there must be a finite number of inhabited worlds. Any finite number divided by infinity is as near to nothing as makes no odds. So, if every planet in the universe has a population of zero, then the entire population of the universe must also be zero. And any people you may actually meet from time to time are merely the products of a deranged imagination. Now I can hear some of you objecting right now. Jesus Christ, Dave. That I've just deliberately wasted a bunch of time to tell you the number is zero, but actually, Drake's equation does have a number generally accepted to be theoretically plausible, if unprovable. From NASA's website, quote, the result, by applying the new exoplanet data to the universe two times the 10 to the 22nd power stars, Frank and Sullivan find that human civilization is likely to be unique in the cosmos only if the odds of civilization developing on a habitable planet are less than about 1 in 10 billion trillion, or one part in 10 to the 22nd power. One in 10 billion trillion is incredibly small, says Frank. To me, this implies that other intelligent, other intelligent technology-producing species are very likely to evolve before us. Think of it this way. Before our result, you'd be considered a pessimist if you imagined the possibility of evolving a civilization on a habitable planet where, say, one in a trillion. But even that guess, one in a chance of the trillion, implies that what has happened here on Earth with humanity has, in fact, happened about 10 billion other times over the course of cosmic history, unquote. 
So in the course of about 13.7 billion years, plus or minus about 130,000 years, it's theoretically possible that intelligent life has rose, risen and probably fell billions of times over billions of years or so. It takes the lowest form of life a few billion years to get started, and based on what happened here on Earth, since we have no other basis comparison, you wiggle those numbers around, and, uh, well, I'm not very good at math, but I kind of read that as about once a year for billions of years, the universe has shat out an intelligent civilization capable of at least sending signals of I love Lucy into the cosmos. Because Lucy's got some splaining to do. But again, I totally could have fucked that up because I really don't understand math. So now we come to the nub of things. It's possible, even likely, there are billions of other species, even after accounting for the penchant of civilizations that collapsed by, say, I don't know, 41% of their population thought it would be a good idea to elect a corrupt real estate developer with, and reality television host with a penchant for rape and a narcissistic personality disorder who led their society for a while and then destroyed it in a fit of pique. Sounds plausible. But surely some of them didn't do that and they survived, so where are they? And now we have arrived, pod friends, at Fermi's Paradox. The story behind Fermi's paradox goes something like this. Physicist Enrico Fermi, Edward Teller, Herbert York, and Emil Kopanowski were at a titty bar. Is that, is that how it happened? Oh, sure. They said they were at lunch at Los Alamos, but they were at the Los Alamos boom, boom room. And they were talking about all the UFO sightings, which were going on at the time. And the possibility of faster than light travel. And while Fermi was getting a lap dance by a large breasted lady, again, you don't know this didn't happen, he shoved a 20 into a G string and asked his bros, So if all that's true, where is everybody? To which the dancer replied, They're in the boom boom room where the dancers get fully naked and other things might happen if you have the money. And after everyone spent some time in the boom boom room, Fermi went on to codify his thoughts. That was some black belt jujitsu bullshit right there. Well, again, you don't know. And yeah, I might have made up that part about the titty bar, but I'd really like to think that that's where they were. There are a couple of things that Fermi jotted down on his whiteboard. And the first one is, uh, well, you know. Space, says the introduction to the Hitchhiker's Guide, is big, really big. You just won't believe how vastly, hugely, mind-bogglingly big it is. Uh, and so on. Quoting from the short, short version from Wikipedia, the Fermi paradox is a conflict between the argument that scale and probability seem to favor intelligent life being common in the universe and the total lack of evidence of intelligent life having ever arisen anywhere other than on Earth. The second aspect of Fermi's paradox is the argument of probability, given intelligent life's ability to overcome scarcity and its tendency to colonize new habitats, it seems plausible that there are at least some civilizations would be technologically advanced, seek out new resources in space and colonize their own star systems and subsequently surrounding star systems. Fermi firmly believed... Oh yeah, my man Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That there must be intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. But he wasn't so sure they were visiting us here on planet Earth. I mean, shit. 
The guy was busy building bigger and better ways to destroy the planet in the form of thermal nuclear weapons. So we understood why aliens might not want to have anything to do with us. And this is before America showed itself to be the kind of place that would knowingly place a delusional shithead in power. And then not be able to get him out because the minority party is down to get fa its fascism on. And then myriad others posited various reasons why these aliens are not showing up around us every goddamn day. Theories that span from there being no other life outside Earth, which I don't think is very likely. I mean, chances are life is pretty much common throughout the universe. Maybe not life as we have it on Earth, but we don't even actually know what life is. So what the hell do we know? If our civilization had another 50 years or so before its collapse from global warming and creeping authoritarianism, we will almost certainly discover it on Mars and the outer planets. We probably don't because, again, our orange flaccid dictator <laughs> is in charge. But we probably would have. Damn, dude. Then there is the idea that intelligent life isn't out there, only here, to which, again, I would point out there isn't much evidence for intelligent life down here, what with 40% of our population worshiping a fucking moron dictator willing to kill 200,000 people to defend their orange godchild. Seriously, man, ease up. Maybe it's that other civilizations hit a certain point and destroy themselves. Like when they ignore science for decades and then 40% of their population uses the power of a woefully dated political system to doom the entire fucking planet because they want to own the libs. Or maybe we are the first and fastest civilization to develop in the universe, which I think is a pretty shitty showing by the universe because to date, our greatest technological achievement is a system for distributing titties and lies to the masses. And if that's the universe's best, maybe the universe shouldn't have bothered. It's possible we wouldn't even recognize other life if we saw it, which seems to be highly likely since we can't even recognize the similarity of other fucking human beings from the same goddamn planet because of the pigment levels of their skin. It's also possible a genuine intelligent civilization developed the ability to live without a planet and exist entirely on an intergalactic vessels moving from place to place. I like that particular theory. And some feel it's easier and cheaper to simply send data rather than their physical beings throughout the universe. This one is solid as bodies are not well adapted to live in space and tend to die rather easily, say like a black person in her bed from the guns of fucking cops bursting down her door. It's also possible that no one is talking, everyone is only listening, since talking invites whatever species might be out there to come visit and determine that any species so fucking stupid as to knowingly destroy its own habitat probably isn't worth having in the galaxy and goes and does a kind of mercy killing on that species, which if that's the case, could you do it faster? Because I'm really, really tired and I like a little bit of fucking mercy. I think one of my favorite explanations for the Fermi Paradox is the zoo hypothesis. What is the zoo hypothesis, you ask? Simply put, it's the Prime Directive from Star Trek. Then the Prime Directive is in full force, Captain? No identification of self-omission. No interference with the social development of said planet. No references to space or the fact that there are other worlds or more advanced civilizations. Let's go. And because Wikipedia is easy, I quote from it again, quote, 
The hypothesis is that alien life is intentionally avoiding communication with Earth, and that one of its main interpretations is that, li that it does so to allow for natural evolution and social cultural development, avoiding interplanetary contamination, similarly to observing animals at a zoo. The hypothesis seeks to explain the apparent absence of extraterrestrial life, despite its generally accepted plausibility, and hence the reasonable expectation of its existence. Unquote. Yeah. We're an exhibit in the galactic zoo. The monkey house, as it were. Related to the zoo theory is the quarantine theory where other civilizations have cordoned off the earth to keep us from leaving and spreading out into the universe. And I love this theory because it just feels right. It really explains so much about why we are the way we are, violent, ignorant, frustrated, genocidal, xenophobic, suicidal, and utterly fucking just moronic we're like chimps in a cage that don't understand what's going on how we got there and who put us there admit it you feel like this is probably the best case too i mean honestly you can't even blame the aliens after all if you witness a civilization where one of the most advanced nations lets hundreds of thousands of people die from a disease because just a few of them didn't want to do the absolute minimum to keep it from happening, you wouldn't let these fuckers loose in your neighborhood either. In fact, you don't want to have anything to do with an asshole like that. But there are those who believe that aliens are visitors on the regular. You know, like Earth is their side piece, and they pop in to do a couple of anal probes and pop back out. Which makes total sense to me because... The Drake equation allows in its many variables for the possibility that the ga galaxy is quite crowded with intelligent life. There is a much, there's as much a reason to believe that there is other intelligent life out there in the universe of the galaxy as there is to believe that we are the only intelligent life in the universe. Oh, the white man science is amazing, ain't it? Hell, over the past few years, the evidence for there not only being other intelligent life out there, but their actual visits to this planet is increasing exponentially. And not just from reports by Larry Elmo in Little Rock and as well probed anus. We've covered them extensively on this podcast, and we're going to be covering them even more in the coming weeks. So you know what? I'm going to choose to believe that aliens exist and they are, in fact, visiting this planet because things are now so grim on this planet that I kind of need to believe this is happening because there's so very little hope from any other source. And if you are a visitor from another planet here in this episode, hit me up because I could really use a lift. I have my towel ready. A towel. Keep this and guard it with your life. Huh? Listen, it's a tough universe. There's all sorts of people and things trying to do you, kill you, rip you off, everything. If you're going to survive out there, you've really got to know where your towel is. Now, fish. Also, I can mix a mean pangalactic gargle blaster. So, having concluded without evidence it's possible to get the fuck off this hell planet, next we come to where we might possibly go. And that's where we'll pick it back up next week for part two of Operation Get Me the Hell Out of Here, right here on the What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast on the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. We'll see you. Oh, wait, no, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> that is it for our show this week. Not going to lie to you, this week has been bad. It's been one of the uh, roughest weeks in the last four years, and 
that's actually saying something. What it's saying is that we're all pretty much fucked. I mean, oh, sure, we can and probably will win the election in November and that uh, and it's actually harder for Trump to steal it than a lot of pundits make it sound. But uh, just the fact that we're having this conversation at all is an inclination or an indication of just how fucked we are. Not to mention the courts. Fuck, man. You're so totally screwed, which is why I need to get off this hell planet as soon as possible. Now, I know this seems unlikely and even frivolous given how serious things are, but if I started talking about them in detail, I would probably break down into bitter sobs and no one wants to hear that. Speaking of tears and grief and just raging frustration, review the show wherever you get your pods because uh, it helps others find the show so they can uh, experience your fears and griefs and rage of frustration and feel just like you do follow the show on the socials for more of my existential pain at the hell underscore podcast on the twitters and the show name on facebook if you would like to donate to get dave the hell off this planet fun oddly gavin seems to be our biggest donor right now thanks buddy over head over to patreon.com slash what the hell podcast and kick us a buck you can hear the shows early and ad free and for a few dollars more Get yourself some cool swag that will let the Vogons know not to throw you out of an airlock. All of our shows can be easily found at whatthehellpodcast.com. And so for me, Dave, Poopy Fruit, who really knows where his towel is, Bledsoe, producer Captain the Vogons Prostechnic Gavin, and all the fictional little green men on this show, we want to say, hey, Mr. Spaceman, won't you please take me along? I won't do anything wrong. But if we could stop by the liquor store before we go, that would be great. We'll see you next week for part two. What the Hell Were You Thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings podcast network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com or on Twitter at thehell underscore podcast or on Facebook as What The Hell Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.